Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the Waberhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waberhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trinsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. In order to support this show and keep providing you tons of free content week after week, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones that you actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com slash she and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better so that we can bring on advertisers that you won't want to skip through. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. But again, that's P-O-D com slash she. Thanks for your help. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of She. I am so excited for you to hear this episode and all that you are about to learn. It is so interesting. I honestly was geeking out the entire time that we recorded this. So in this episode, I am talking with Elisa Vitti. She is a functional nutrition and women's hormone expert, the author of the book's Woman Code, which is a great book, by the way, and In the Flow. And she's also the founder of Flow Living, the world's first and only full-service digital hormonal healthcare company. This episode was so good and full of so much valuable information that we ended up splitting it into a two-part series to make it easier for you to listen through and get through because it's a lot of information. So in this first part that you're going to hear now, we're covering kind of some of the foundational sciency parts of this whole thing. So we're covering what hormones are, how they work, why they're important in our bodies, and then also how we can take proactive and simple steps to both support and balance our hormones out. So that's really what we're covering in this first part. In the second part, we're going to dive into cycle syncing and how that applies to your work life, your productivity, your fitness, your social life, and your relationships and more. So really learning how to work with your cycle rather than against it. But for right now, we're going to set that foundation. We're going to learn a lot more about our hormones, probably more than you ever even thought existed Uh, I don't think they taught us this in health class growing up. So it is very um, interesting, but also I think really crucial and important for us to know so that we can best understand our bodies. So let's get into this episode all about hormones, what they are, why they matter, and steps we can take to support them. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Elisa, welcome to She. So glad to be here, Jordan. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I am so excited just to dig into everything we're going to talk about today. Uh, most of my community knows I have already read your book, Woman Code, and that has been something I tend to recommend to my community. It's been just something that I have found a lot of value in and loved. And I also know you have another book called In the Flow, and I'm excited to get to read that one too. But I am really looking forward to this conversation because I think what I never realized is that I could live kind of more in sync with my cycle and that that's actually kind of a guide for us. So there's a lot I want to dig into when it comes to just health in general, as a woman, you know, when it comes to hormones, all of that. But before we do that, before we dig into all the details, can we hear a little of your background? And can you share a little bit about your story with 
hormone issues and what led you to study women's hormones and start flow living? Yeah, I mean, it's a personal journey, right? I, I was suffering with a hormonal problem and I went undiagnosed for seven years. And I had, you know, progressively worsening symptoms and I had access to the best doctors in the country, you know, Harvard and Hopkins trained gynecologists, and no one seemed to know what was going on. So, you know, my symptoms kept getting worse. At the peak of my problems, I was over 200 pounds. I was covered in cystic acne on my face, chest, and back. And also from the ages of 12 to 22, I only got my period a total of like five or six times, and a few of those were chemically induced with synthetic progesterone. So, I mean, I really wasn't cycling. Wow. And again, everybody was just saying, you know, oh, it's just normal, you know, for you to have irregular cycles because of your age. But I really felt like something was significantly off with my whole system. So, I was also a student at Johns Hopkins at the time planning to become an OBGYN myself. And, you know, so what does an acneic obese girl do on a Friday night? Mm -hmm. She is, you know, researching in the medical library, trying to figure out what is going on with her. And I found a little um, article uh, in an obstetrics journal referencing Stein-Leventhal disease, which was the name of the two gentlemen who, you know, put, put some put a diagnosis to this condition, this disorder, and we call that now polycystic ovarian syndrome. And all the bells lit up, you know, because I thought this is, I have all these symptoms. I, I'm meeting all these criteria. So I went to my gynecologist the next day and, you know, asked for all the tests. When I finally got the results, you know, she confirmed my diagnosis. She said, you're right. This is what you have. Sorry, we missed it. Um <laughs> And I said, no problem, you know, and I'm a New Englander. So I was like, so what do we do now? The past is the past. What can we do moving forward? And she said, oh, I'm so sorry. There's no cure. And there's not even really effective treatments. We can kind of use a variety of medications, none of which are designed for PCOS, but we, you know, we kind of pull them in to see if we can make your symptoms a little less acute. Uh, but you'll be dealing with, you know, an ongoing struggle with obesity, which can turn into diabetes, which will affect your ability to conceive and have children, which will maybe oh put gosh. you at greater risk for heart disease and cancer. And I remember in that moment, in her office, in that chair, uh, my my body just spoke to me very loudly and probably for the first time in a way that I recognized it as such. And it said, that's not your future. And I you know, really didn't know what to make of it. So I just opened my mouth and repeated what I heard to her. Mm. <laughs> I said, oh, well, that's not my future. And she said, what, come again? And I said, well, <laughs> I said, you know, as a physician, I said, it's fundamentally illogical for, for me to follow a medication protocol that is not going to cure what is happening here with my body. And she said, yeah, I get that. She said, oh, but, but that's the best that we have. And I said, I don't accept that as the best treatment plan for myself. You know, I just didn't, I didn't want to settle for a not great treatment plan. And I found it just to be kind of a, like I said, not a logical path. So I said, I'm going to take my very expensively trained mind and I'm going to go figure this out. And it was in that moment that I shifted my focus from conventional medicine to functional medicine. And I promised myself that if I could figure out how to recalibrate my own hormonal balance, that I would build a, a place, a platform where women could come with, at any stage, 
in their reproductive years with whatever hormonal problem they were having. Because I recognized in that moment that I, you know, though I had PCOS, that I was one of many, 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 many women mm-hmm. uh, who were dealing with all sorts of hormonal problems that conventional medicine doesn't have direct cures for, right? Like fibroids or endometriosis, polycystic ovarian syndrome, idiopathic infertility, uh, all the hormonal fluctuations that come with perimenopause. In fact, the statistics are pretty staggering. I mean, 80% of women will have a hormonal problem at some point in their lifetime, mm-hmm. right? That's a huge population size. And we don't have that same statistic as, you know, as it pertains to the male cohort. So I wanted to build a place where women could come to um, naturally, effectively, uh, and very affordably, uh, you know, deal with these issues because we needed an, a, an additional solution that didn't yet exist. And so that's how I began my journey in terms of, you know, doing all this deep research and, and building a company like Flow Living and, and writing books and being a speaker, just so passionate to really help educate women that whatever's going on with your hormones is not set in stone, as the mythology does say, right? Like, you know, yeah. the, the period yeah. myths out there are pretty bad. They're like, oh, you're going to suffer right. part of being a woman. It's going to be painful. PMS is like, you know, to be expected. And once you've got a problem, like a diagnosed condition like PCOS or fibroids, et cetera, that you're stuck with it for life. And the only real cure for some of these things is like a hysterectomy, right? <laughs> this is, none of this is scientifically accurate. And so I'm just really passionate about educating women on what the truth is about their biology and their hormones and then how to actually work with them to mm-hmm. make them work optimally because it's really straightforward, it turns out. Yeah. I love that you said work with them because I do think that is a concept that we often, like you said, we almost feel like we're a fight, fighting an uphill battle if we find ourselves with symptoms or even a diagnosis or something that just feels like kind of doom and gloom, like, well, that's just the way it is. And I think so many have, you know, almost been, I just don't think we were taught enough about this uh, in our growing up years. And we get into adulthood and we find ourselves with these problems. And it's like, okay, well, I guess there's nothing I can do. And I think too many will just accept that as the answer. And so what I love is that you're kind of pushing back against that and saying, actually, there's more here. And here's how we can actually work with this without feeling like we have to constantly fight an uphill battle against it. So I love that. I think that's such a cool story. And I just connect with it in a lot of ways. Um, But first, before even I have a ton of questions just about details, but can we go to the basics? Can you explain for anyone who's listening, like, okay, I've heard this word hormones. I don't feel like I'm very well educated on what it even how it really even works. Can you just give an overview of what are hormones and how do they affect women's health and our bodies as a whole? Can you just break that down for us so we have that as a foundation? Yeah. So Hormones are the chemical language that your endocrine system uses to communicate amongst itself to perform various functions. So the endocrine system, when we're talking about hormones, you have to understand them both at the level of hormones, but also at the root support structure of the endocrine system as well. So your endocrine system has um, various glands and organs that, you know, that run from the brain all the way down to the ovaries that talk to each other to do a couple of key things like safeguard the transport of glucose to the brain, the heart, and the muscle tissue, to regulate your metabolism, to stabilize blood sugar levels. And all of these hormonal messengers like insulin and cortisol um, 
and estrogen and progesterone, they all have a specific job to do. They're recruited by the endocrine system to create an outcome, right? So for example, let's say it's the time of the cycle where you need to, to manufacture the endometrial lining fresh from the void, right? Every month you make a whole new organ every month. It's mm. pretty remarkable. Wow. Um, you know, your, your body recruits a certain concentration of estrogen and a certain concentration of progesterone hormones to do that, right? Or let's say you ate too much sugar at a meal. Your body then recruits the hormone insulin. Your endocrine system recruits the hormone insulin in order to try to drive some of that glucose into the cells or then store it as fat so they can get it out of your bloodstream to protect your brain from sugar overload, which could be really dangerous, right? Mm. So this is, it's a, it's a inch, it, you cannot talk about one, the hormones without talking about the endocrine system because that's their, uh, that's how they talk and that's how they get the job done. But the endocrine system is the thing, it's the structure in your body that's really running the show and it uses hormones to do that. Mm, okay, super helpful. So it's almost like hormones are the this is how I understand what you said if I were to like put it into an, an analogy or something. It's almost yeah. like the endocrine system is the machine and the hormones are like the the product of the machine and the fuel that kind of makes it work. Is that is that kind of I would say saying? the fuel that makes it work. The okay. products are the sort of the, you know, metabolic or stress response results or the reproductive results, right? That would be like the product, like your, your ovulation is a product, Um, Ah, you know, building up the lining of your uterus is a product. Having stable blood sugar is a product of this machinery and the fuel working the right way together. Gotcha. Okay. I like to put it into a metaphor. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that a lot. I've I've been talking about this for 20 years. I haven't phrased it that way. So I like that. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I love that. That's super helpful and just gives us a picture of how this is working and why it's so important in our body that understanding hormones really is the fuel that's kind of the catalyst that can affect how, you know, our our endocrine system, obviously, and the hormones work together. And the product that you mentioned can be whether it's a symptom or an ovulation or whatever the the thing is that our body is doing. Um, And so that would lead to my next question, which is kind of, if we're talking about the outcome, if you will, what are some signs that our hormones are off balance, including the ones that we might not even think of? Oh, I mean, we don't, we definitely don't know how to connect the dots back to our hormones because of the way that everything has been chopped up, you know, and put into its own silo. So for example, um, I think the biggest one here is that we tend not to always think connect to connect to our hormones is our skin and our mood. Right. Um, so if if you're having acne, at, you know, it's really not a question of, oh, do you just have acne? It's when are you having the acne flare up? Mm-hmm. Right. Because that could happen um, really primarily during two times. And if you're somebody who has acne, you should really be tracking um, on the MyFlow app, which is the app that I created to help women really optimize their hormones. And that's the, with the circle icon, MyFlowTracker.com. And it's important to know, for example, do you have a flare-up of acne during ovulation? Do you have a secondary flare-up of different types of acne during the luteal phase leading up to your bleed? And then do you notice that your skin calms down, right, while you're bleeding and a few days after, right? And this is this would be a really great example of how your your skin is responding to 
your hormones, but it's not just that the hormones are the problem. It's that your body is does not have access to the building blocks it needs, aka micronutrients like vitamins and minerals, to metabolize or break down that those hormones so that they're not, you know, spilling over and wreaking havoc on the skin. And as somebody who had so much cystic acne that it would take me 30 minutes in the morning to spackle my cysts to just go out of the house without feeling totally ashamed of my face, I can tell you that it is really easy to address your acne when you think about it from a hormonal point of view as opposed to just dealing with it topically. Because if you're just dealing with it topically, you're never going to get to the root cause of why your skin is reacting this way. And then, you know, you can't really get to the finish line of the results that you want to have. Mood is similar. You know, we think, oh, I, you know, anxiety is such a huge common problem and women tend to suffer with it more. Um, and this is driven by our hormones. This is driven by our gut, uh, and the, in, and the relationship that hormones and the gut have with each other, right? For example, you have something in your gut called the estrobolome, which is a set of bacterial genes that are just there, just specifically to break down estrogen. <laughs> and if you don't, if those, if you have dysbiosis, any sort of gut, um, you know, imbalance with your bacteria and you don't have enough of that, you're not going to be breaking down your hormones. That can really disrupt your mood quite a bit. It's going to have an effect on circulating concentration levels of hormones in the brain. It's going to make you feel not the way you want to be feeling. So and those are two things that I don't think that we connect um, often enough. But then there's obviously all the other stereotypical things like um, anything wrong with your period, any symptom you're having with your period, whether it be PMS or if you have a diagnosed condition, uh, you're struggling with infertility, uh, postpartum, perimenopausal symptoms, uh, any and all of that. Those are obviously all hormonally driven. Um, weight issues are hormonally driven. And, uh, you know, just even our response to stress. I mean, we think of stress as this sort of thing out there outside of us, but stress is a hormone, right? We, we respond to stress hormonally with cortisol and adrenaline. Mm -hmm. And so we, you know, if we're having a lot of stress and we find that we cannot, um, keep our cool, keep a centered response to stressful situations, we could be having some um, you know, challenges with those hormones, the stress hormones, um, and their production or their, you know, um, utilization in the body that make it more difficult for you to respond to stress in a balanced way, right? Mm -hmm. So all of these things are, so I, I mean, that's the, that's the thing I love when talking about hormones. It affects everything. Yeah. It touches every aspect of your health and your life and it affects everyone. So what I, I never want to hear a woman say again in this sort of self-deprecating way, oh, I'm just hormonal, mm -hmm. right? As if to brush it off because everyone's hormonal. Men are hormonal. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, your great grandparents are hormonal. If you still have them, yeah. <laughs> uh, your children are hormonal. Um, your dogs are hormonal. Hor hormones are the way in which we survive. If your hormones are, if you have no hormone production, um, you're not living, right? Mm. 
um, it, you, it's, it's germane to the, your successful thriving in life. Like you have to have all of these hormones working. So for you to sort of stay in this negative self way, like, oh, I'm just hormonal. It's so, it does you such a disservice because it means a couple of things. One, it means that you buy into all the mythology that is not scientifically accurate. Mm. Um, it means that you buy into the fact that somehow because you're female, your hormones uh, make you, you know, are like a liability for you. And the worst of it all is that you believe that, that they're not important, which mm. again is not scientifically accurate. And I should just state for the record here that the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists decreed in 2015 that your cycle hormones must be considered now from now on, from 2015 on, a fifth vital sign. So, you know, the other four that they take in the emergency room and now in the COVID, post-COVID mm -hmm. world, we all like, we really all know about that, you know, temperature, mm -hmm. um, you know, vital sign, right? And we know what to do. We've been conditioned or trained or educated to know that if you have an elevated temperature, you got to take that really seriously. Mm -hmm. And that there are certain steps that you can take before you go for medical intervention to try to do some triage on your own, right? Mm -hmm. Drink lots of fluids, you know, et cetera. Chapter 1, Wayfair welcomes you to the neighborhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the neighborhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, a luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. <laughs> Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one one membership matching program. You join and they give. 
I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. We have to retrain ourselves as women because the cycle is now considered a fifth vital sign on par with importance as your temperature, your blood pressure, et cetera, that if you have a symptom, any of the ones we're talking about, PMS, which you have historically probably joked about, Mm -hmm. that you want to take that as seriously as having a fever Mm -hmm. because the the short-term implications for your health are serious enough. And the long-term implications of unaddressed PMS, just just PMS, for example, are really significant, mm-hmm. right? A, a lot of women don't know about the NIH published study, um, the BioCycle study, where just unaddressed PMS in your reproductive years can increase, you know, up to four times the rate at which you'll develop the, the big diseases of inflammation, diabetes, heart disease, cancer, and dementia. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's why, that's why the American College of Districts and Gynecologists have made this now a fifth vital time because it's just that important in the short term for how your health is doing right now. But it's also an indicator long term. Just like if you had elevated blood pressure in your 30s, mm-hmm. that's an indicator. Short term, that's bad for you, right? It mm-hmm. needs to be addressed. But long term, that means you're at greater risk for heart attacks, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So similarly, we have to start taking our hormonal imbalances very seriously and we have to get into action right away. Yeah. So interesting. Okay. Now I have to ask. So, well, okay. I have a lot of questions, but the first thing I want to ask is when you say PMS, can you define what that means? Because I think at least for a long time, I just thought if you're moody before your period. So can you unpack that PMS like symptom or sign? PMS PMS is not just a mood swing before your... So PMS from a hormonal point of view, which is the point I want you to learn about, right? Mm-hmm. Not just the outside in, but what's going on from, on the inside. PMS is only caused by one particular thing, um, which is the improper ratio of estrogen and progesterone. So during the luteal phase, which is this 10 to 14 day phase of your cycle uh, that leads up to, that precedes the bleed beginning, you have a sort of imagine like a bell curve uh, here with your hormones. You have estrogen and progesterone rising to a mid-peak level and then slowly coming down. And when they get to their lowest point, the bleed starts. Mm-hmm. That's the whole journey of the luteal phase. The first half of it where those hormones are rising, you're building the lining of the uterus and holding it in place in case there's a conception that has taken place. And then when that's clear that it's not taking place, then the hormones decrease so that the lining can be released gently. And that's when the bleed starts, right? So that's, that's the luteal phase is that bell curve. But you have to make in those, if those two hormones are tracking right next to each other on that bell curve, like you're visualizing two lines making that bell curve, mm-hmm. the progesterone hormone line needs to be the one that's on top, meaning it has to be higher in concentration than that of estrogen. Hmm right? And if you have more progesterone than estrogen, you have zero PMS. Hmm. 
If you have more estrogen than progesterone, which is what most women have, because which which can go into why in a minute, that's when you can have a variety of all the PMS symptoms, mood swings, fatigue, brain fog, irritability, breast tenderness, acne, um, uh, you know, insatiable cravings, uh, bloating, headaches, uh, all the fun stuff, you know? <laughs> how do you find out if you have more estrogen than progesterone? Like, do you serial test that or how do you find that out? So, you know, it's very easy to just look, you know, observationally at your symptoms. If you're having any of those symptoms, then the answer is you have that, in, you know, progesterone insufficiency. But you could also do saliva testing uh, or dried urine testing throughout your cycle, which you'd have to commit to doing it sort of daily throughout the cycle mm-hmm. or every few days throughout the cycle so you could see the the delta of hormones taking place in real time. A blood test doesn't give you an accurate picture of the transformation that these hormones go through because they're constantly changing, right? right? And the bloodshot is like a Polaroid picture. It's only that particular moment. Mm-hmm. So you'd want to use a different type of testing. But, you know, which is fine if you if you feel that you need to have that data point. But if you – I think it's a much more um, – quick way for you to engage with this experimentally is for you to observe, you know, again, what I love about the MyFlow app is you're going to track the symptom burden that you have during the luteal phase to gauge how bad of an imbalance you have here between estrogen and progesterone. Then you're going to make some changes with food and supplements. And then you're going to see within a cycle, these symptoms start to lessen. Mm-hmm. Right. And then if you start to see that, then, you know, you're bringing your progesterone levels up. It's, it's, it's this very direct thing, you know, doesn't, we don't need to make it so complicated with all the testing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very important. Everyone has annual, uh, you know, where you do an annual hormonal test where you sort of check these levels throughout the cycle and you do that sort of once a year. You can't do this with your doctor, of course, because they'll just do sort of general blood testing. I think you should do this with your doctor for the sort of stereotypical blood testing that you can do. Mm-hmm. But I think if I could imagine a perfect future of how hormonal health care should look for women, we do our blood test and our annual GYN exam. And then we sort of do this uh, more deeper dive with a like a daily saliva or daily dried urine analysis for 30, for 30 days of the cycle once a year to really see how everything is doing and then making adjustments in our lifestyle accordingly. So good and so interesting. I I wish it was like that too. Um, But I am really thankful that you explained that because I never understood what caused PMS. I just kind of had a general idea of what it was. So that's really helpful to know. So listeners, if you have any of those symptoms, that's probably a sign that that might be happening. I think it's important that you just even called that out that, you know, because so many of us just accept Mm-hmm. that, you know, this is what happens when we don't get our proper education about the science of how our hormones and our biology work. We just accept problems mm-hmm. as normal. Mm-hmm. We're just like, oh, yeah, you know, PMS, that's what everybody has. Mm-hmm. And you have no, it's like mysterious as to why it's happening. But now that you know why it's happening, then it immediately doesn't that just shift your brain from a passive acceptance of the suffering to, oh, I can do something about that. Right. Right. That's what's so critical about education around these issues. That's why I've written two books about it, because if you don't know that there's a root cause to why it's gotten out of balance in the first place, it will never occur to you that that you have some 
role to play in correcting that and getting yourself back into balance. And so it's just so, so critical that we uh, get ourselves properly educated. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's why we are here because we're ready to yeah. learn. Um, <laughs> I love it. Okay. So then from there, I want to kind of pivot from understanding the hormones, how they work, you know, symptoms to be looking out for, things like that to kind of moving into, and I, I want to know if you're okay with this. I'd like to go a little bit into um, the the conversation about, you know, working with your cycle and how that can even be prevalent in your work life, how that can really be um, something that we want to take into account when it comes to productivity and what we're working on in our careers or our businesses. And then I'd also look to, like to look at that a little bit from a relational perspective. So if we can kind of go down these two tracks a little bit, I think that would be really helpful. But before we get into either one of them, can you talk about, you talked about what, you know, being able to do something about that and, and the proactive approach, which is super empowering to hear, but it also can seem a little bit overwhelming. And so I'd love if you can share when you say that, what do you mean? Like I, you talk a lot about cycle thinking, so I'd love to to dig into that. But can you just give us an overview of like here's actually a few of the of the steps we can take to better balance our hormones, to better work within with our cycle and with our endocrine endocrine system? Wow, that's a hard word to say. Um, but yeah, I would just I would love if you can highlight, um, you know, maybe from a overview of some of those steps that we can actually take if we hear you saying that, but feel like what does that mean? Does that make sense? Yes. So let me break this down into a couple things. So first, if you're, you know, someone who's listening and you're like, okay, I have a bunch of symptoms, where do I start? First thing I want you to do, you know, if you have a diagnosed condition, if you are, you know, struggling with PCOS, um, et cetera, fibroids, you know, then you really want to get, roll up your sleeves and get ready to do some work, right? And that's the flow protocol that's detailed in the book, Woman Code, uh, my first book is is the best resource for you to get started on making the taking the correct steps in the right order that is going to really allow your endocrine system to recover its balance. If you are just wanting to see, like, let me just dip my toe in and see what it feels like to just play a little bit of an experiment with my hormones and see what kind of results I can get. I want to give you a, a few quick things to try. Whether this whether you have PCOS or whether you have PMS. These are all universally applicable because these are the things that commonly disrupt our endocrine system and you can start to really see the benefits pretty immediately when you do change these things. So first thing first is I would love for you, and it's the hardest one first, I would love for you to remove all forms of caffeine for a bunch of days, like, you know, two weeks. And if you're saying, oh my gosh, that's probably the most impossible thing for me to do, I want you to go to the Flow Living blog and and put in the search bar caffeine and read the article that I have there about what you need to know about caffeine and women and their hormones because you, 50% of the population has a, a genetic variation in a gene that uh, metabolizes caffeine. And if you have that, which I have, it means you don't make enough of this enzyme to break it down and you will suffer from caffeine toxicity, which will throw off your hormones and your insulin levels and all that. So you want to check that out. Second thing you want to do is you want to start, um, you know, eating first thing in the morning, eating a breakfast within an hour to maximum 90 minutes of waking up. But I prefer you do it within an hour of waking up. And have a breakfast that has a nice balance of protein, fats, and carbohydrates so that you can really keep your blood sugar stable. Just stabilizing your blood sugar at the breakfast meal will pay off massive dividends 
for your hormonal health the rest of the day and allow your endocrine system to focus on other things as opposed to scrambling, uh, trying to keep your blood sugar balanced because <laughs> that's the most important job it has is to keep the lights on, so to speak, with the brain. And it does that via sugar and insulin. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you're messing with that uh, intake by doing intermittent fasting, which I have strong opinions about, which we can talk about, yeah. all based in science, of <laughs> course, um, or you're, uh, you know, not eating adequate amounts of calories or the right kinds of calories in the morning, or you're just having a coffee on an empty stomach, even if you put butter in it, um, it's all going to disrupt your blood sugar and therefore disrupt your the rest of your hormonal uh, output for the rest of the day. Mm. And then if you're, you know, so those are two quick things that you can, you can try. Um, I think it's a really worthwhile effort to go through and audit your products. Your makeup and your and your your beauty care and your home care products, right? Mm-hmm. Take a look and see if they contain chemicals that you cannot pronounce on the label. Because if they do, mm-hmm. <laughs> they are likely endocrine disruptors. And you don't even have to just assume that. You can go to environmentalworkinggroup.org, ewg.org, type in the word that you don't know what it means. And, and it'll tell you if it is endocrine disruptive or not. So you, like, it's, it, it's really important to take this step because if you're doing all the right things with food and supplements, but then every single day you're slathering on products that actively disrupt your hormones, you're going to make zero progress, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got to do those three things. I was just going to add from my experience. Yes. Like, I'm, I'm advocating for that because I've seen huge differences doing those three things. So continue. I just want to like pop in and say like, I can advocate as a as a trial experimental study of my own. Yeah, it's um, a good, it it's a good a way difference. to kind of like dip your toe in and say, mm-hmm. "Gee, wow, yeah." The more I get involved yeah. with the with the support and care and feeding of my hormones and my endocrine system, the better it performs. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what I want you to see first and foremost. And then I just want to give a little support to those of you who are having debilitating cramps. I have two mm-hmm. things for you. I'll talk about one of them now. So the first thing is that you have to understand that cramps are not inevitable and that um, your uterus, the activity of your uterus is controlled by three prostaglandins, chemical messengers, that control both uterine contraction and uterine relaxation. So if nature designed you to be in pain, since there's only three of them, you'd have two that control uterine contraction and one that controls uterine relaxation. But it's the opposite. Nature has designed you not to be in pain because you have two that control uterine relaxation and only one that controls uterine contraction. So why is it, Elisa, that you ask that so many of us are suffering from uh, cramps? It's because we're eating the wrong fats that that jack up the production of that one prostaglandin that uh, makes the uterus contract and creates that sensation of pain, and that actively suppresses the production of the relaxation prostaglandin, right? So if you change your fats, right, you have to only be eating things that are really rich in omega-3 fatty acids and and get away from the things that are high in omega-6 fatty acids, like your vegetable oils and canola oils, right? then you can, within a cycle or two, be cramp-free. Right? I love that. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's, I, you got to know what, what the mechanisms are so you can take the right step, hmm. right? Yeah. And that's why it, 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 at first you might think, oh, gee, this is going to be so overwhelming. But it's really not because it's extremely precise. 
right? It's like you're going to do just this like very simple thing that gives you the big results because you're doing the correct thing as opposed to what we're all used to doing, which is we have no idea what's going on inside of our bodies. And it's like throwing spaghetti at the wall. We try this, we try this potion on our face to deal with our acne. We try this supplement for our bloating. We try this, we try that, and we don't really get big results, right? And uh, that's frustrating. And we are left in the same way we start, overwhelmed and confused. And I, that's totally unnecessary. Yeah. I was going to add to that. Um, well, one thing I was curious about was asking how long it typically takes. Like once you make these changes, whether it's all at once or you do, you know, focus on cutting out caffeine. And then once that becomes something you can stick with moving on to the food and then whatever process. But if you were to do all three of these, how long is it? That, is there an average amount of time that you typically see that people begin to see an improvement in their symptoms or is it really variant per person? If you if you cut caffeine, get rid of endocrine disruptive chemicals in your home and you change your breakfast routine, you are going to feel the effects of that within 21 days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they'll, the effects will grow over the next set of 21 days. But if we're talking about this is those steps that I just outlined are for really for you to just kind of get a little taste. Um, the bigger process and this sort of bigger question you were asking is sort of like, well, what do we do to really support our cycles? And that's the work that I and the research that I put into my second book called In the Flow, which is the first book to unpack something that we really all need to know about as our new normal, mm. which is called the infradian rhythm. Okay, I know that was a lot of information. So I just want to encourage you to pause and let it sink in a bit. And remember that you don't have to do this overnight. You don't have to make this massive overhaul. But I hope some of the steps that Elisa talked about will help you maybe take your first step or two towards supporting your hormones in a way that maybe you haven't thought of doing before. Listen, you won't want to miss part two of this series where Elisa is going to dive deep into how you can really support your cycle through cycle syncing and understand the infradian rhythm that our bodies operate on as women. We are pretty familiar with with the term circadian rhythm. But Elisa really dives deep into the infradian rhythm and why that's equally as important for us to understand so that we can best support our bodies as women. In that next part, we'll also chat about why current medical and nutrition research often doesn't work for women when it comes to productivity and fitness and things like that. So if you want to hear more from Elisa in the meantime, you can find her work and her books at flowliving.com. See you next week for more. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Chapter 1, Wayfair welcomes you to the neighborhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, 
scrambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waverhood, she said, where Wafer helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love chapter two. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home.